You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. I'm Scout. I am the older sister of the Madela, but together we have some insane, ridiculously goal-worthy, the most proud of us I've ever been. Do you want to break the news, Mads? Of course. I'm such a newsbreaker. You know what I mean? This is a huge milestone for us. Sisters, dear listeners, um, you've been with us from the beginning, two and a half years, and we have officially signed with a network hey that's right sisters we are now a part of podcast nation network which blows our minds so much we are so so grateful to be involved with this incredible slew of other podcasters podcast nation has been overly supportive and incredible to work with thus far and I just can't believe it. It's been one of our goals since the beginning, Mads, like literally since before we even had an episode up. And now we're network podcasters. We are network podcasters. We're so excited to work with them, collaborate them on this next up level of OKSIS and just, you know, the growth of this podcast, you know, introducing new community members into the sisterhood. It is going to be a delight to to be on this podcast or be on this network. 
Yeah, and we just want to say before we get into this episode that we want to thank you, sisters, so much. This is literally only because of you. They recognized how strong the sisterhood. They recognized what type of incredible women you are, which is resilient, strong, vulnerable, silly, with a dash of good branding. That is the that is the sisterhood wow. in five adjectives. Oh wow! Wait, we need to get that like tattooed to our butts. Why do you keep going about us getting tattoos on our butts? Because, like, what is this? Because um. I only will get tattoos in places that I can hide and that people won't see. But I still think that it's valuable to have it tattooed so that it is always with you. So you put it on your butt and you can't see it. Oh, okay. That's our next butt tattoo, apparently. But anyways, I think we should make an appointment and have a whole have a whole bonding tattoo session. But sisters, we just wanted to let you know because we're fucking stoked. We love you. We can't wait for what's to come. And truly a mazel moment. Mazel. Truly a mazel truly. moment. Okay, now that that cat's out of the bag, I, Mads, you know, I just want the sisterhood to know that my carpal tunnel, I know, I know you guys have been concerned, I know it's been talked about a few episodes, but now I have the keyboard, I have the mouse, I have the elevated computer sleeping with my brace, Uh, it's only been 24 hours of this, so I'll check back in, but I'm at a point where my arm, there's no moment where it's not throbbing. No moment. You know, I was brushing my teeth this morning and it was throbbing. I'm glad that you acted upon this constant complaint of yours. I mean, the amount of complaining I have suffered through from you. And then finally, a year later, you do something about it. So thank God. I'm so happy. The execution piece, the strategy was there, but the execution, the follow through has been acted upon. And I am just forever grateful. You know, sometimes you don't believe me when I say that things are wrong with my body, like um, said lower back injury. It doesn't matter if I don't, if I don't believe you just do something about it. And you did something about it. I'm so happy for you. Okay. Well, you are just scurrying me along now, aren't you? Sisters, I'm not doing so well. I'm not doing so hot. But that is why we have a podcast so that you can hear all the different uh, different sides to us. You know, you haven't been you haven't been doing so hot the last few weeks. Do you want to share with everybody what you're currently going through? Because I feel like, or at least share with me, I think that we should have a little chat. I think a, a nice little chat would be in order. Mm, okay. So we are gearing up to do a friends and family beta run of Camber. And, you know, we set arbitrary deadlines for ourselves because it kind of was going in a direction of like, okay, let's kind of put some timelines in place. Let's put some dates on the calendar. And, you know, life happens. And if you work in tech, you probably understand that. Things take longer than expected. I think in all business, obviously. Yeah, let's but edit that with just business. Add right. on months sure. to your deadlines. Right. So I think, which is which is totally fine. We're not in any hurry at all. It's really, uh, we have the luxury of kind of taking our time. It's just uh, a bit annoying, obviously, and frustrating when you put a... Uh, timeline an expectation of a date that you would like to share your product with the world 
and that date comes and goes and no product is to be seen. So, you know, it's just it's been a little a little frustrating. I, I thank my I think everyone, God, the universe, the life, the being, the energy uh, that I have Lauren alongside me for all of this. I know that, Scout, you are not a partner person. I mean, we're in this, we're in OKCIS together, but anyways, um, there is no, there is no camber without Lauren and both of us together. Like, there is just no way I could have done this alone and gone through this journey alone. There's way too many moments of just utter discomfort and frustration that if there wasn't someone that I could lean on during this whole process I don't know if it if we would have completed it so Lauren I mean Lauren's listening hi Lauren um she knows this that both of us just rely on each other so profoundly throughout this entire experience so although Scout, you know, you I, I guess you you don't discourage partnerships, but it just doesn't work specifically for you. But if what I would say is, if you're starting a business, I would highly recommend <laughs> doing it with a partner, just because there's a built-in support system. You guys are both on the same team. You're holding each other up, and 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 it's more fun also to to do it with someone because we're just giggling the whole time, and you know, so. That's yeah, where I'm at. It's been yeah. a lot of up and downs. There's like a yeah, until until you get to the point and I'm not this is not going to happen with you and Lauren, but until you get to the point where you have to break up with your business partner, it is it's a divorce. It is such an earth-shattering well, purpose. You're you're saying you're saying when Okay, that's that's let's preface if. that with I said if No, you said and when? No, it's not inevitable that this happens. This is just moment sometimes this happens yeah uh, no it's a (laughs) marriages have a better chance of staying together than business partners um but that's I'm not I'm not talking about you and Lauren but I'm just saying that a lot of the times if you are going to go into business together with someone I think Mads and Lauren had a very very unique situation where they worked together in a past job so they had already track record of how they work together so they had almost like this trial of what it's like to work together but when you don't have that and you blindly go in, there's a lot of times, you know, it gets tricky. I have a whole thing. I've had partnerships fail and it's totally knocked me off my course and very, very, you know, emotionally destroyed me. And so I guess I'm just afraid of commitment in the business world. Yeah. So there, there's two perspectives for you, I guess. <laughs> Figure out which one works best for you. But yeah, I think um, I feel like I've I've expressed this sentiment before where I the whole I just don't feel balance throughout a 24 hour period. It is literally hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute of emotions going up, going down the the velocity at which it just this up and down makes me so happy to hear because it just solidifies my intense belief that entrepreneurship is exactly like bipolar disorder. Like it's just, it really I is. always wondered why I loved being an entrepreneur and it's because that fluctuation in mood that you're talking about, Mads, that feeling of frustration or pain points or uncomfortable, like all of those things 
are just how I've naturally always been with nothing going on in my day. And so that's why I feel so at home with entrepreneurship. And I just want to reflect this amazing moment that you're going through because I think that obviously people are like starting to say this all the time that entrepreneurship has become super sexy. And I'm the first person who preaches entrepreneurship if it's in your you know, if it's the way you work, I think it's such an amazing framework for success and for fulfillment and happiness, not for everybody. But this is the point where entrepreneurs take the harder road in many ways. And this is one of those areas where you have probably never experienced this in a job where you worked for. And now you get to have that viewpoint into maybe what your bosses were experiencing when deadlines weren't hit, when things weren't going wrong, and how much more significantly it impacts the person who's creating the business versus the person working in the business. And that's not to say that each one has their challenges and and their merits, but it's just a different perspective, right? And it's you're clearly seeing the roadblock of entrepreneurship. And I think what makes really successful entrepreneurs are those that can take phases like this that might last months and maybe longer and move forward with them regardless. I think that's that's the game. And that's that's really what I love to preach really is mastering that emotional mindset part of it. Because I think it's not the idea that makes a successful entrepreneur. It's not the way they balance their money. It's not the way they keep their books and all that. I mean, that's definitely part of it, but it's their ability to emotionally manage what they're experiencing and how it fluctuates so significantly. Yeah, I 100% am with you. And I think also there's just no doubt in my, I mean, giving up is not even an option. So that's why I know that I'm on the right path is that perseverance is literally the only next step for this moment um and this kind of lull for me is pushing through I I really don't see any other option and nor would I ever want to consider any other option so that's why I know it's right um but yeah it doesn't feel good it's not wouldn't put it in the top 10 uh list of emotions that I like but I think it is definitely a growing pain it is something that I will just continue to persevere through we say this all the fucking time on okay sis but it is okay to not be okay and we talk all the time about sitting in the discomfort and it's hard yeah. not gonna lie fucking hard I see I see like a whole trajectory here right like you're feeling discomfort because something that you would like to get into the hands of family and friends is not available and there's a disconnect in getting that to be available. And so once you master moving through this experience and getting it out there, there will be a moment when Camber is live and shit goes down. I mean, just today, the Apple podcast app, it had a bug and a lot of podcasts you can't search for at the moment. So it happens to the best of the best of the apps. And so there's going to be moments when you do launch Camber and it's in the wild. People are expecting to go on. You have paid collaborations, like whatever money is on the line, revenues on the line and shit goes wrong. And you'll be able to pull from this experience and say, okay, this is how I get through uncomfortable situations. And then every bigger fire that comes after you, you'll be more equipped to handle. I never understood, you know, I listened to a lot of entrepreneurs right after college. I listened to a ton of podcasts with female entrepreneurs, uh, interview styles, similar to what we do in our cases, which is the uh, inspiration for this podcast. But I would listen to them and, you know, 
I was always I kind of understood what they said where they were like, oh, I wake up and just see what what fires I have to burn out today. It's just like fire after fire after fire that I'm burning yep. every single fucking day. And they say it in such a calm and, deme- you know, demeanor because it's just second nature. And I feel as if that is, yep, relatable. I think I now understand. Are you now becoming an entrepreneur? I think you are. Oh, I better fucking be. I mean. <laughs> but I mean, there's like, like I've always said, there's a difference between like, starting a business and then like truly being initiated as an entrepreneur it's these moments Ooh, the initiation oh the initiation well, which actually we're gonna be it's talking like a sorority a about, we're gonna be ta- it's not a sorority um we're gonna be talking about the initiation i think a lot in this episode because we're gonna be talking about what happens when you create hit a creative wall or just when you hit a business wall in general whether it's in your career whether it's your business whether it's your youtube channel whether it's your podcast and um, how to kind of push through those so that you don't jump off the wagon, but that you actually use it to then grow. So before that, let's do some quick current fixations because you can't forget the structure of OKSIS. People are counting on the current fixations. So oh, are they? My current fixation, this is really exciting. This is a huge deal. One of our sisters, Ashley, texted me. We were texting. And I think I was sending her products and she says, have you tried cup bras? That's C-U-U-P. It could be coop. Don't know. But I know how to spell it. C-U-U-P. And I said, no, I don't wear bras, Ashley. She goes, no, you got to try it. And I looked and they're very beautiful. And I'm going to flash you right now, Mad, so you can see because I'm wearing it. Oh, yeah, this is happening. How cute are these bras? Very beautiful. So these bras are Look gorgeous. Look at those double Ds. No, these are just Ds. I'm not double anymore. Oh. So these bras are really beautiful, and I love how they sit. They have the underwire because I think that when you have a bigger bust, you can't just have those, like, bralettes. Like, we need some, some you know, structure here. So it has the underwire, but it's very sheer. It has that sexiness, but it's also a very good everyday bra. I am not a bra girl. I don't think I've worn bra in years, and yet I want to order this one in every single color. It's this perfect blend of feeling sexy but every day you know it's it's something you can throw on every day it's very comfortable I barely feel it and it you can still kind of see the nipple which is kind of my jam I don't like a total covered bra situation I like people to know that I have you know like you know biologically I'm okay um so yeah cup c-u-u-p I got the white one and then I got the matching underwear um, and it's just a really good brand. The price points there, it's really beautiful. And I would like to order basically every color. Wow. What an endorsement. Yeah. Not a bra, a bra gal, but I'll have to, I'll have to check them out. I need it to be very, I, I can't have underwire though. Oh, so then it you has should to try, feel like a t-shirt. You should try negative underwear. There's a brand that I have that I, probably should know remember what it's called it's like ch something i got it in nordstrom and it feel it's kind of like the skims bra where there's no underwire uh but i didn't like the skims one but the but yeah great love that love that for you because you're really i've seen way too much of your nipples so that's great that um we're covering them at least a little bit no they're still there they're just uh they're just framed more beautifully Oh, I see. All right. My current fixation. Uh, This is going to come as a surprise to no one. Celsius. I am addict. 
I am addicted to the Celsius. I now understand why everyone is so obsessed. Um, I didn't understand the trend. I thought it was like the branding is super weird, not our vibe. And I also didn't understand how it could actually give you energy. I still don't really know what's in it. And Scout kind of jokes that one, like in a couple months, it's going to come out that Celsius is like for loco and we're just all very oh, unhealthy. But RIP for loco. <laughs> that was that product. We're aging ourselves. We are aging ourselves. Wild. I, I mean, I think it was like illegal. Like it was not FDA approved. Okay. Anyways, so Celsius is fabulous. Um, the mood boost I get from Celsius, and I'm drinking it now because I'm hoping that it'll give you know, it'll perform its magic on me at this current moment. Um, the mood boost. It is. It's not a coffee crash type of sus- energy. It feels very sustained. It feels like an elevated mood almost. Not like this spark of hyperness but more so something that is just sustained throughout the day I've never felt something like this it is incredible you guys I highly highly recommend if you're looking for something that's not not coffee and or like cold brew which which is what I was doing at like three or four in the afternoon Celsius baby yeah so you and I got a Celsius together when I was in LA last week and I drank it and I felt really good and then something intuitively told me that this was bad for my body well why don't you do some research on the science instead of uh some gut intuition okay and if my gut intuition is right do i get a prize sure okay but let's do let's do both let's do art and science okay i'll have adam check into it Sisters, we know you love skincare as much as we do, and we know that sometimes we gotta take it one step further than just a trip to Sephora. We are talking about prescription acne treatment for those of you that need a little extra love. Prescription acne treatment really works. Hello, my spironolactone journey, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor, sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications. Until apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it super easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then you snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you hit other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. So I went to Apostrophe because of hyperpigmentation. I got my customized treatment plan tailored for me within 24 hours. And since I opted out of the oral prescription, they prescribed me topical products to help. It arrives straight to my door and super cute branding, as always with OKSIS. Get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash OKSIS and use our code OKSIS. That's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. This code is only available to the sisterhood. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash OKSIS. And use that code OKSIS to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the pod. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. 
when I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes. And Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, sisters, let's get back to the episode. Okay, sisters, let's get into the episode. So today we're going to be talking about tips to 
going through entrepreneurial initiation moments and how to get through the fire, how to put out a fire, how to persevere and walk through the fire barefoot, I would say, (laughs) is usually how you do it when you're an entrepreneur. Which is so telling because just in this intro, Mads was talking about how she now understands what that phrase means, what putting out the fire is. So people say it's putting out the fire. We're going to call it entrepreneurial initiations, like that moment when you realize that there is a break or make point of your business, of your project, of your side hustle, of your brand, whatever it is, and how to get through it. Because I think after two and a half years of running OKSIS, I run Scouts Agency, Maz is starting Camber, has a YouTube channel. We've had some moments where it's a holy fuck, let's give up, but not give up type of moment. Okay, so first we're going to talk about OKSIS because obviously that's the business we run together. And Mads and I have talked a lot on other podcasts about how OKSIS, we 100% have built this incredible brand, but we really have only been doing serious business together for the last six months as we've gone sponsorships, advertisements. Now we're joining a network. If we've kind of strategized how to extend the brand into all sorts of things like merch, like newsletter, secret Facebook group, live events, coaching programs, etc. And so we wanted to start this off of when we had an entrepreneurial initiation moment earlier this year when, to be honest, sisters, we were going so full steam ahead and had such high expectations and really just threw spaghetti to the wall for OKSIS that we actually got a little burnt out on the podcast and felt a little stale for a little bit. And so we wanted to talk about that about that moment specifically, which I think is a little bit of a vulnerable topic as content creators. I think the, the, um, I always fuck up when I try to say this metaphor, the curtain isn't like to be pulled back. And we're supposed to say that we are super enthusiastic, passionate, joyful, obsessed with the content 24 seven, but in any thing, in any relationship, business, project, hobby, there are phases where you're not really feeling that and you get into that initiation moment of, okay, how do I continue in a way that works? How do I reinvigorate this? How do I get through the commitments I've already made to come out the other end super strong? And so we just went through that with OKSIS. So we wanted to talk a little bit candidly about what that experience was like for us and how we moved through it. Yeah, I think some things we did initially was recognize that both of us and communicated to one another that we were feeling we were feeling this, this burnout, this creative rut, this, you know, staleness. Um, First and foremost, just putting it out into the open. I think as a businesswoman and as an entrepreneur, you want to not hide these feelings, but you 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 want to just, you know, make sure you want to. Continue with this and, and, and full steam ahead with this positive attitude, but it is okay to admit that you're just not, you're not feeling it. And that's, that's a signal, right? That's a test. That is something that you have to listen to. If you're not feeling um, completely, you know, at a hundred percent capacity, that is a moment where you have to step back and recognize that something needs to change. So that's initially what we did. We finished our virtual event. We closed down the gratitude sweatshirt, uh, you know, just kind of closed down external uh, extensions of the brand that weren't completely necessary. And we just focused back on the podcast and on the content. Um, First, we, you know, started doing solo episodes because that's something that really we feel 
you all respond uh, amazingly to and also Scout and I just love to have girl chats and we just wanted to lean a little bit more into that. Um, Scout has determined that she wants to do more in-person because of the Zoom fatigue and that is a contributing factor to why we felt really stale because we weren't we we definitely connected over this past year with all the guests that we've had but there is a different energy that you get when you're doing these uh, podcasts in person um, and then additionally we started booking guests that really really matter to us and that we started to feel excited about there is no better feeling than having a guest on the on our calendar that we are just so so like itching to talk to and we get get in these amazing conversations and that brings us always back to the to the why I know this is such a annoying uh, piece of advice that every person gets like know your why come back to your why but it's true I mean okay sis is about lifting women up is about connecting with your sister is about you all and 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 listening to this podcast so coming back to those three components for us is necessary. It's something that you just have to keep coming back to because then why the fuck are you doing it? And you're going to lose sight of it like we did. Yeah, there was definitely a moment earlier this year where I thought to myself, you know, the way we handle this creative rut, you know, the way we were speaking to one another wasn't as joyful and loving and exciting. And I really thought to myself, okay, here's a moment where we either turn this around and keep going and become stronger or we let it consume us and it ruins this beautiful thing that we've had together. And so in that sense, that was the initiation moment of, hey, are we willing to stick around when things don't feel as great? Are we willing to analyze and look within at what works for us, what lights us up and what doesn't and make plans accordingly? I think that's the most incredible part of running your own thing, whether it's a content creation channel, a business, a brand, whatever it might be, is that you have the ability to be flexible with the direction that you take things. Similarly to life, you know, you have the flexibility to determine how you spend your time a lot. So I think that that was a really big moment for me where I remember thinking in my head like okay okay sis up to this point has been brand building and now it's entrepreneurship like now we're in that fire and it wasn't necessarily a fire where something went wrong or we had to fix something it was much more of an overall creative inspiration and motivational levels that came with working on the podcast so significantly you know Mads and I work on this part-time and have full-time jobs so I'm really proud of us because we were able to kind of come out of that phase as Mad said scale right back to the podcast just the podcast focus on that initial initial passion of ours where we so feel lit up and in doing so look what came through a fucking network signing contract sisters so that's hey 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 which i'm still trying to pull the excitement out of mad sisters you know how she doesn't super celebrate and i'm uh, i'm trying to remind her but i think that she's just trying to match my excitement to make me feel as great as um i feel but um this is what happens when you come across a challenge or an uncomfortable position in business and you push through the right things come to you exactly uh, I am excited, Scout. Just I, I'm I'm more so results oriented, so I'm excited to collaborate with Podcast Nation and get to a place where I feel I feel excited about everything. When will that place come, Mads? <laughs> Just wondering what that destination looks like for you. It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, get that tattooed on your fucking ass. <laughs> Jesus. That's okay. what you need tattooed on your ass. Okay, so as I alluded to in the introduction of the introduction, intro of this uh, episode, uh, 
for camber specifically something that helped me uh last week push through number one was lauren and leaning on her as a partner i think I, I, we mentioned this like it's something that i think i always go back to and i'm so so thankful that i have that support system built into the business um but our why at camber is helping people discover places locally globally and interpersonally and how does everything we do serve that purpose and yes there will be delays that are things outside of our control, like the coding and the engineering of the app, which we do not have technical experience. So we really are relying on our coders and developers to bring the product to light. You know, we cannot do this by ourselves, so it's out of our control. But we shifted to, you know, how do, how are, what are ways that we can still connect with the community? Um, one, that's, you know, sharing recommendations on social, having clubhouse chats with our target demo to gather their recs, doing more research about the business and about our industry, prepping for the launch, more like long-term vision planning. So there is always something that we can be doing to further the mission and make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success. Um, but yeah, moving through that week last last week, I felt I felt really burnt out. I felt I felt really disconnected um, from Camber, to be honest, because we we were it was just like us. It felt like we were just hitting this wall that we couldn't break down, and it's so it's so. Um, it's agonizing. You know, you put so much into this and you you just want it to be perfect uh, for the beta launch. But honestly, I showed I showed Camber to my friends uh, the other day and they were like, Mads, it's amazing. Like, just give it to friends and family. It's never going to be perfect. And that's fine. Just set the expectation that this is a beta app. It's going to have some bugs. It's going to have some, you know, glitches. But your friends and family and people who and your audience who wants to help you with this but the whole point of a beta app is to give us feedback so people are wanting to help you in this moment so that was a really clear vision for me because I know that Lauren and I when it's just us we know the potential of the app we've been in it for a year and a half basically um so it's fine to give it in this, you know, more gen more tender state that it's in uh, with the caveat that like, hey, this is obviously going to be improved upon in terms of transitions and things that you just don't think about when you're creating a tech company, you're creating an, an app and a piece of technology. Um, so that kind of helped a little bit too, you know, getting some perspective from the outside, I think was a really, really great way to be to to reassure me that we're actually in a in a great spot. Um, I think just Lauren and I have been so heads down that when you finally kind of lift your head up, maybe show it to some other people, get just initial gut reactions and feedback that helped me get back into the loop of things. Yeah, that's really good advice to zoom out because sometimes when you're working, whatever it is that you're working in, you have such a very focused viewpoint and you sometimes can't see what the bigger picture is or can't see how it really is going to be um, analyzed or taken in by other people's perspective. So that's a really, really good point. And I also want to highlight that within that challenging week that you had with the kind of app not working the way you wanted to, you were also accepted into the app store this week. And so I just want to highlight that maybe your mindset and your perspective only focuses on something that went wrong when something ridiculously large happened this week that you have failed to mention I on this know, podcast I and I need to find out through TikTok. Oh my God. So 
yes, we got approved on the App Store, which I was unaware that 40% of apps don't get approved. I think that's the number. Don't quote me on that. Um, and it's actually, I've heard horror stories of people getting getting rejected time and time again due to some, you know, coding, uh, you know, they, they, Apple like looks through your code to make sure it's all clean. And we're just ecstatic that it passed very swiftly and with no complications. So yes, that was a, that was a huge win for sure. I literally feel like dropping a hammer on your head. Like I really do. I really, really fucking do. I can't believe this. I can't fucking believe this, that like you are so wallowing in the fact that like maybe the coders are taking a little bit more time, but you can't confidently like not confidently, but like you aren't relishing in the fact that your app was approved. I mean, it's so insane to me and I want to hit you with a hammer like Thor's hammer on your head. Oh, Thor. All right. Yes, I know. We all know at OKSIS I need to be better at celebrating uh, little and big wins. This did happen last week. So I did I did celebrate a little bit with, you know, some pizza and wine, which is usually my celebration uh, tactic. But um, yes, big, big news. And I think that's also well, a great a great tip is um, something that you're exceptional at is, you know, when you're in a rut trying to identify little wins and hyper-focusing on those or things that you're proud of or, you know, zooming out. And I, I think you do something where you write down all your positive reviews or something, whatever, or when you're in a rut, you make sure to go look at positive reviews of Scouts Agency so that you can be reminded of why you do this. I think that is so important. Yeah. And also before I go into my um, entrepreneurial initiation, I do want to point out that getting we talk about celebrating the small wins, but I think you also equally have to celebrate the big wins and getting accepted to the app store is a big win that that deserves not just a small win pat on the back, but a really, really big celebration. So I'm super proud of you. Seeing you walk through these dualities of entrepreneurship is like, this is, this is such a great example, right? This week where you felt like nothing was working and it wasn't what you wanted and you were frustrated and you couldn't get the app to work a certain way. And Apple approved it. So it's like that right there is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful representation of what entrepreneurship is. It's living in both of those scenarios at the same time. So my first or not my first. Well, with Scouts Agency. Well, I've had it's not it was not my first one of maybe there's two that comes to mind. But I'll talk about the second one because I think that it'll sound I think it's a it's a, an example that needs to be shared more in entrepreneurial stories so um when I started Scouts Agency I started it in February of 2019 and around September August September of 2019 which is essentially six months later I hired my first employee and when I hired her I knew that for the first month we were going to be building up her roster of clients because we did need to bring in more revenue to support her salary. But I felt as if I was gaining clients so quickly that I really had momentum and could scale. So I brought on an employee knowing that for the first month she her work wasn't going to be bringing in revenue, but that she would dedicate the whole month to building out her client roster that she would be the account manager for. And... <sighs> literally two or three weeks into her working with me, which by the way, sisters, this was my first hire ever. This was my first time being responsible for someone's salary. It was also my best friend and she quit her job to come work for me. So the pressure was definitely there. I lost, I think three to five clients, like literally in a week. 
um, because my contracts were month to month. So I actually didn't have predictable revenue. I couldn't see what my revenue was like next month, the month after, and the month after up to six months because my clients weren't on contracts. So overnight, um, my clients didn't resign with me. All of them were really not because my services wasn't exceptional. Uh, They were just moving on to different parts of their business or they were pausing because they were launching a course or like it just all happened, right? They're like, this is great. I'm going to be in contact with you in six months when this launches, whatever. So overnight, I lost that revenue. I also signed a lease for my office to open up an office at the same time that I hired a new employee, basically doubling my expenses and my overhead. And so for for three months, basically from September to December, from October to December, I was living in constant anxiety because I was just coming from a place of I need to get my revenue up. I could pay all my bills. I could pay payroll, but I couldn't pay myself. And so for those three months, I was paying myself like maybe 2K a month, dipping into my savings, which caused a lot of anxiety in, in my home with my marriage because of financial reasons. But the point of this is that I was living in a very big fire that needed to be put out very quickly or else the health of my business was going to go under and I could not sustain the operational costs that I had brought on. So in this, I the what I've learned from this situation is that in the beginning I was in denial. Like I wasn't I was avoiding the bank account statements, I was avoiding really seeing how much I needed, how many clients I really had to bring in to meet X amount of revenue, et cetera. And it wasn't until December that I had finally had enough of this kind of low revenue financial scarcity um, uncertainty happening. And the main thing that really pulled me out of this, pulled me out of the fire, is that I actually worked on my mindset. So I was in a mastermind and I went to the women. And instead of coming from financial scarcity, I decided to come from financial abundance. And so when I was in sales calls, instead of having this energy about myself, which maybe they couldn't like pinpoint and identify, I was very desperate. I was like, please sign with me. Like anybody sign with me. Like, please, 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 please right now sign with me. And nobody buys something from someone with that energy. People buy from people who are secure, confident, and non-attached to you as a customer or a client. And so after doing one, a very serious deep dive into my finances and actually facing the truth, and two, deciding to adopt an abundant mindset that there are so many clients that want to work with me, they're all out there, that they will come to me when they're supposed to come to me, and approaching my sales emails and my sales call with a with a sense of complete secureness and, and confidence and trust, January was when I doubled my revenue and have since been able to sustain a profitable and continuously growing business. However, I wanted to point this out because people look at people in business and don't understand that sometimes the fire is your mindset and sometimes the fire is basic survival. It's basic survival of your money, of your financial income and the business as it exists. And so for me, what got me through was facing it, being a leader, showing up, standing up and changing my mindset on the whole game and approaching sales calls with a sense of confidence and trust that what was supposed to unfold was going to unfold. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is amazing and a testament to your perseverance and your dedication to furthering this narrative that entrepreneurship is equally mental as it is 
um, intellectual, as it is financial. You know, there is so much to entrepreneurship that has to do with your emotional well-being and your mindset. And I, and that's literally why you wrote a whole book on it and why you are, you know, now the on- emotional entrepreneur, because it is not talked enough about. And um, I think especially with, I was doing the Lacey Phillips um, unblocking money. She talks a lot about what she uh, coins as masculine worth energy. And that is the more, you know, determined, business oriented, um, you know, very staunch money focused side to everyone. And it's not necessarily gendered. Every single person has these qualities. Um, And then the more feminine worth energy, which is gentler, more loving kindness, um, nurturing. And you need both for business. I think people always talk about the masculine worth um, side to business. And yes, it is obviously necessary to be a shark, to know your worth, to be confident. I think you transitioned into that with the abundance mindset. But the feminine worth energy is also something you need to foster. It is something you need to pay attention to. It's also something that is necessary for business. Um, you know, I, I, you, you've inspired me to redefine what business and what a company looks like, right? I think I've also been very, as most people have, been very conditioned to believe that the masculine worth energy is the right way in business. And it has. It has been historically. It's a very successful, look at every every business is masculine worth energy, um, is, is more masculine worth energy focused. But as women and as all these amazing opportunities arise for us to create our own path and be entrepreneurs, we can architect what our company structure looks like. And we can bring in more of the feminine feminine worth energy, which I do believe sustains and and makes a beautiful, beautiful business. It doesn't have to be this completely masculine worth. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm actually going to say that in that, I want to point out that I doubled my revenue and have continued to be profitable and expand my revenue, not because of my masculine energy, but because of my feminine energy. Right. So I did not change being in my masculine energy during that fire would be changing my sales approach, changing the strategy to get customers, to get clients, changing my sales pitch. I actually changed none of the strategy. The strategy was the exact same. I exhibited my feminine energy of surrender flow and, you know, abundant mindset and, and came forward with my feminine energy in that time. Nothing between September and January changed about the way I got clients. My energy changed. I stepped into my feminine and in that I attracted clients. So, it, you know, playing with masculine and feminine energies in business is one of my favorite things because I do tend to be more masculine in business. And the moment where you learn to be feminine, which is the surrender, the stepping back, the releasing of some control, which we saw with OKSIS, was when the network deal came in, was when my clients came in with Scott's agency. And so playing with those two energies and knowing when to ignite them is so important and so self-aware and the next level of consciousness that's coming in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So what I just said kind of contradicted itself. So the masculine energy is more of 
that strategy, that that money focused, and then the feminine energy was the the way that you approached and the mindset and the abundance that you brought to it. Um, Yeah, exactly. So incredible stuff. I think you should definitely be so proud of of that transition that happened. And it's very inspiring for me because I again, as I mentioned, I think most of us um, are conditioned to believe that the feminine energy needs to be suppressed um, in order to be successful in business, which I just that entire story is a testament to why that is untrue. Yeah, this was amazing. Obviously, we got to a lot of big takeaways. One, to get outside perspective when you feel too in the rut of your business. Two, to step back and remember your why and then only do things that really, really focus on that core, core, core why. And three, to step in maybe to your feminine energy and see where your mindset can be shifted in order to approach either creative ruts, areas where you feel stuck, where you're hitting a wall, or actual financial physical survival fires that are happening within your business. Mad said it so perfectly and we really brought this to light that business and you know interchange the word business for your passion, for your work's life, for your mission, whatever you want to call it is this combination of intellectual, emotional, in my opinion, spiritual, energetic, there's, you know, intellectual, business strategy, whatever the fuck. It's this gorgeous combination of basically everything that makes us human, which is why I love entrepreneurship so much. So we hope this was helpful. If you are feeling like you're in a creative rut, go to our secret Facebook group, OK Sisters. Let us know what's going on. Mads and I will give our two cents and maybe provide some sort of insight, some coaching, some guidance, some inspiration for ways that you can really tackle it head on and utilize one of Mads' takeaways, which is that sometimes you need an outside perspective. So we're super happy to be those outside perspectives for you. And yeah, you guys know where to find us at OKSIS Podcast on Instagram. Mads, you have any final words? Um, just that I love you and keep going. Um, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship is fucking hard and we are right there with you. And we love you. And we're, we're here for you. Yeah. Love you, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 